Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Happy Libations Friday, everybody. If you're watching this, you should know we're not live. We're not live because there's a baseball game going on right now. Knock on wood, Florida State's playing really, really well. But we figured since uh, a core of our audience, in fact, would be watching a lot of that baseball game in truth while we were doing the show, we would be watching a lot of that baseball game. It would be a mess and, you know, all of that. So it's previously recorded. Decided, though, we did want fresh content, as always. When we can, we provide that. So don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on WarChant TV. And if you're listening on 93.3, thanks so much for doing that. Libations Friday. It will be some loosey-goosey moments, of course, as we're wont to do on a Libations Friday. So wherever you are, thanks so much for listening to us. We do appreciate it. And again, hopefully right now, Florida State's playing pretty good baseball. We shall see. The truth is, uh, at the time that we're uh, doing this, I don't know what to think about that uh, that regional at all, and I don't think anybody else does uh, either. I do know this, as I say hello to Tom and Director Matthew in the house as well, that um, we talked quarterbacks the other day, and it's amazing, you know, in this industry, in radio in general, I think it's true too now I'm learning in video, you're not always sure what's going to do well, what's going to hit with people. There are a few hot topics, and frankly, quarterback play at Florida State, quarterback play in general is a hot topic. If you watch the national shows, you know, you'll see that when people start talking about quarterbacks, the arguments start, whether they're uh, inflated or, uh, you know, enlarged to a degree that are unnecessary in an offseason, that's, you know, 
you, we, we all roll our eyes a little bit, right? But the truth is, it's because they see those numbers. And Tom and I were talking on the heels of me talking to David Hale and Andrea Adelson about quarterback play in the ACC. And it's probably Florida State fans' favorite topic right now. We saw the numbers that came from that and some of the responses, and it cracked me up. Um, not not in a, in a sarcastic or facetious way. I mean, people are really passionate about this. And I think the reason harkens back to something that we find ourselves talking about a lot is, A, the importance of this season, and also the fact that the coaching staff, Tom, and Mike Norvell in particular, he put his eggs in that basket. So – the bottom line is Jordan Travis kind of is the whole thing, right? I mean, the season, we can get into debates about segment groups that are going to be better or worse or what who has to play well within any of those segment groups for that group to take a step forward. And we do have those discussions all the time because football is the ultimate team game and no one man can dictate terms. But the quarterback, if you're going to name a man, is the most important player on the field, and there's no doubt about that. And Jordan Travis has yet to become a star in this league. He's yet to become a guy that you would call, at least in my opinion, an upper echelon quarterback. But people think that he's primed and ready to be a special quarterback, to be an upper echelon quarterback in the ACC. And we found that out with the responses that there, that were there when you and I went through every quarterback that we know is going to start, and even those we project to start at all the schools in the ACC, and we asked the question, where does Jordan Travis rank? And I think, I don't know what responses you've looked at. I've looked at my Twitter feed. I've looked at War Chance. I've looked, I know you looked at the YouTube feed, Tom. I think, I think we were pretty close. You and I disagreed about a couple of guys and spots, and we both admitted, and I think most people out there do too, that, well, it's kind of a wait and see. Some people you could project would say that Jordan Travis is going to rise above a, a Jerkovich, for example, at Boston College. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a, not an unreasonable assumption, perhaps. Maybe not as a pro prospect, but as a quarterback in the ACC that does what his team needs to do to win games and overcome attributes of his team that are lacking. Yeah, you can believe that Jordan Travis is going to surpass uh, a Jerkovich. Then we got into the Armstrong kid at Virginia. Point is, everybody had an opinion on this, and I thought he fell somewhere in the neighborhood consensus of six. Six or seven? It didn't look like it was much above that. There aren't too many people that think he's the second or third best quarterback. Nobody thinks he's the first best quarterback. And I don't think most reasonable people think he's going to be much better than a, a top five quarterback. I mean, if he is a top five quarterback, top three quarterback, Florida State is indeed, in all likelihood, going to win eight games, wouldn't you say, if he, if he ascends to that position? And I think that is the top end, right? That is that is probably the top end of where he can get, is, is top three quarterback in the ACC. And if he does that, I think the Noles do win eight games. Yeah, I think, you know, I was proud of us for getting through that discussion the other day and not mentioning his health and how we're presupposing that he's going to be healthy for the bulk of the games, if not all 12. But I think it's time to remind people that it's important that we're talking about a healthy Jordan Travis. It's been too long before we brought that up. So if you give me 12 games of Jordan Travis without being dinged up or limping or missing a couple of series and then coming back for a couple of series and doing that dance, then I think the consensus is rightly so that he should be an upper half in the league quarterback. 14 teams in the league. You're saying six. That sounds about right. That feels about right. I would nitpick and put him up maybe four or five because I think he's a, he's in a tie 
It's like a golf tournament leaderboards. Let's split the pot three ways. Okay. Fourth. I think that's about where he is. And what, what I was surprised by, and forgive me, people, I didn't have faith in you. What I was surprised by is in a lot of these comments, especially on the YouTube feed, they're pretty reasonable. People had some issues, you know, uh, clearly there, uh, as the kids used to say, stands for certain quarterbacks in this league, like a Brennan Armstrong or a Malik Cunningham. Uh, but most everybody is, was pretty well reasoned. And, and of course, there are also some Florida State fans who are saying that this is the best quarterbacks in Charlie. You know, like there, there are there are the fringes. But in the middle, the bulk of people were reasonably saying, yeah, if you put, you know, top three ability with his with his feet together with, I don't know, eight to ten with his arm, then you probably have a top half quarterback. And, and that's where most people fall. I think we all agree, though, that if he's healthy for 12 games, that this is going to be somebody who produces and produces for this offense and gets you to those magic numbers you need on offense in terms of total output, that you're going to be in a position to win eight or nine games as long as you don't have a rash of injuries somewhere else and terrible turnover luck. If Jordan Travis is promised to you to play 12 games this season, I feel much better about setting the over-under on the win total at seven and a half than I do six and a half. But that's the hard thing. You can't you can't assume that because yet it has not been that way to this point. I was looking at one before we came on. Um, Kev on uh, Twitter responded to us in Warchant, and he ranked them out. He put the numbers and they put them in order, and, uh, and and he had Hartman one, Leary two, Van Dyke three, Malik Cunningham four, Armstrong five, Travis six. And then from there, you know, you know who the other guys are in the league. And I was like, that seems reasonable. And then I started to scroll down and look at everybody's answers. And they were all kind of like you just said, Tom, pretty reasonable. You know, you might some one guy might have him ahead of Armstrong and below another guy that he had a Travis above, you know. But I mean, like the bottom line is that did seem pretty reasonable. I asked this question because I think it's so uh, important. It's obvious. You just got done talking about it. It's a, it's a way of defining the way we're, we're going about the conversation. I don't – what worries me is we do not have evidence he can get through a season healthy. You know, he has always been hurt. And he's always missed time in practice and preseason and camp. He's missed time in practice during the year off and on, uh, nursing injuries and, and, and other ailments. Um, and, of course, we've watched – how many times have you watched Jordan Travis get hit and get up with that limp shoulder? I mean, how, I mean – too many to count, right? And our lasting image, in fact, our last image of Jordan Travis is the game against Florida. And early in that game, he gets hit, and you're like, oh, boy. Okay, here we go. And I'd like to believe that that's healed because that seemed like a chronic problem with the shoulder that he played through because he's tough as hell, and I give him credit for that, that they had to shoot up, and he could, you know, he could get away with it, but if he fell on it, he really favored it. You saw that time and again, and it made me feel bad for him because that version of Jordan Travis isn't very good. All he has in that moment is his feet and, and teams can game plan against it. And you're really in a lot of trouble. And so he's got to get through these games. That's an understatement. Everybody knows this, but for a guy that has been injured, oft injured, as they like to say in the biz, I don't, we, we don't know if he can get through the season and it's, tough to argue about because I don't like arguing about injuries. I mean, there are players that in their career, we can talk about professional players in any sport that kind of break into their, their, let's use one right now. Zion in the NBA. You know, he never plays. He's, he, we, we could talk all about what we think Zion is. I don't know when he did play, he looked really good, 
but he never plays. And, and it's like, well, what am I expecting his career arc to be now that he's missed this much time? That's a lot of time. You miss a whole season, basically. I don't know what to think of you. Um, we do this with guys. And let's just find out that maybe it was a like a Kawhi Leonard situation. Remember when he was, and he, and he is again, when he was chronically injured. I think a lot of people thought, well, you know, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he's a nice player when he's on the floor. He's just never on the floor. And then all of a sudden, he was healthy for a few years. And all of a sudden, he was the strongest guy on the floor. He was a killer. He went through long stretches of time where he was one of the most dominant three players in the game. And you began to forget about how his career started, how he had to overcome injuries, how he had all those problems. I would love that to be the story this year, that Jordan is finally healthy. He's taken the reins. It's his team. And, oh, lo and behold, we're through eight weeks, and Jordan hasn't missed any significant time with injury because then we could find out what he really is. Because, I mean, I have my questions about him as a passer, and I hope he proves me wrong, and we've talked about that. A lot of other things have to be working as well for that to be the, the outcome that we want. But also, he's got to be healthy long enough to get any sort of rhythm and, and, and any sort of continuity and momentum in a season because he he would stop, start, miss. He would be benched. They were making mistakes, put McKenzie Milton in off and on, all that other stuff. We haven't seen him flow week to week to week to week to week. Same, you know, utilization of his skill set, game plan to game plan. Yeah, and the thing is, when you did see that stretch of games, and that would be defined as the back half of the season, I think it's fair at that point, as long as he wasn't hurt, um, the offense produced, they went five and three and they were in just about every one of those. Fo- Actually, they were in every one of those football games. They were not classed in any of them, not Clemson, not Florida. They, they were in it to the very end. And, uh, you know, if he plays the whole game against Florida, what if, and, and that's the thing that you don't want to be asking yourself as an old fan, or certainly I don't want anybody asking on the phone in a post game show after one of 12 this year. And it could happen at any time. I don't think you're ever going to be settled as an old fan, even week to week or within the 60 minutes that, you know, all right, he's on lock today. He might start hot, and you're like, you see a guy rushing the passer from the blind side, and Jordan doesn't see him, and my thought isn't fumble. It's is he going to continue to play in this game? You're going to be worried about those things. But to, to advance that discussion, the question that I have is, are you going to look like you did in the Florida game last year when he exited completely hapless on offense? Or is there some hope that if you need a quarter or you need a half, and he's not available. We'll put a game aside for the moment. But you need a quarter or a half. Can you be productive? Or is this all running through him just like it was last year? Same as it ever was. It, you're not going to produce it all without Jordan Travis. I'm leaning in because I, I listened to our video. I listened back to it, watched the segment. And we talked about how the personnel is better, but not much better. But I, I think the offense is in a position with Tate specifically. I don't know that Duffy's ready. But I think the offense is in a position with Tate that if you're out, if he's out for a quarter, Jordan Travis, I think you've got enough there that you don't look as lost and hopeless as you did last year. I don't know if you agree with that, but I feel that way coming out of spring. I would think that if Tate has to play, they got to run him. That sounds strange. You got to run him. You got to show that your offense can be not as dynamic, but you got to run him. I think it, it solves a couple of things. If you run Tate, first of all, he's a better athlete than a lot of defenses in this in this league realize, is my guess, right? They haven't had a chance to really see just how athletic he is. We have. We're at practices, and we know that he's a good athlete. But, and I'm talking, like, beyond the stereotype. He's just a good athlete. 
So nobody's Jordan Travis in a phone booth. He'll make anybody miss because he's got elite feet. But, you know, you can run Rodemaker. And I think it would be good for him to get into the flow of a game and use all aspects of the offense, including his legs. He's got that touch throw. We know he has that touch throw to the portier. <laughs> if he, 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 those two would work out just fine. They're on that sideline, that back shoulder throw. He's got that all day long. I don't know what he has to be tough enough to stand in the pocket, stand tall and, and read a defense and get to his third receiver, which I'm begging Jordan to do and throw the ball on time in a small window in the middle of the field. I think he's a better passer than Jordan. I don't know that he has the confidence to make that happen. So that's the problem. And uh, I, I, th- I don't think we would know until he gets put into a game. He looked much better all spring, but then, you know, we got into the, the spring game and, and, and again, we've, we've seen some of these moments where there was nothing there that you said, oh, well, he's miles ahead of where he was. I, I don't know that in a game situation that he is. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. There, there were some limiting factors. Number one, you remember, they start with a fourth and goal drill. Like, I mean, Jesus. And they didn't communicate that to the people. So that's a disaster. Automatically, you're thinking, here we go throwing picks. But if it's a two-point conversion or a fourth and goal or whatever the situation is, a pick is an okay play because you've got to make uh, some kind of play towards the end zone if things are covered. And then the howling wins that day. I mean, what a terrible day. And and add that to the list of unlucky things to happen to Mike Norvell. Yes, yeah. but Mike does this. Sorry, Tom. He has a way of throwing gasoline on a fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it drives me nuts. Like, yeah, he's been as unlucky as a coach can be. And then he fools around and loses to Jacksonville State. Sure. I- and, 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 and then on this particular day, where you've, you've asked people to pay to come to this thing, you roll out there and run two-point conversions and your first three quarterbacks go out there and throw picks because nobody knows what the hell is going on and it's just assumed that, oh, here we go again. I mean, Jesus, sorry. No, took down right. memory lane. It, it, it was, and uh, I did the watch along. So that was, <laughs> I was like, Gene. I, you know, I didn't send him a private message or a text. I almost did like, are, are we going to continue this experiment? Because this is ridiculous. And then five minutes in or 10 minutes in, they decided to play real football or something that resembled real football. Yeah. Uh, but I, the reason I'm frustrated with that, indefensible start to the scrimmage or the spring game aside, is I think if the fans got to see the tape that we saw day in and day out in practice, and it was rather consistent that he wasn't terrible. I know that sounds like yeah. a low bar, but it was rather consistent that he was not terrible. Yeah. If you saw that guy and you and you believe, as I do, that this offensive line in terms of run blocking is going to be improved and you've got to trade Benson, and you're right, Rodemaker, especially on the rollouts, I don't know about like straight quarterback runs or zone reads. You have to show it in order for a defense to honor it, but you roll him out. He's very good on the run, especially to his right, as you would imagine, being a right-handed quarterback. You might be able to get by. You might be able to get, whereas last year, I mean, that was a joke in Gainesville, and that's game 12. You would think that there is a contingency plan for no Jordan Travis. If, you, if you've if got three months to figure out a plan B, I mean, I remember back uh, the Clint Trickett days. Jimbo even tried the the Chris Thompson Wildcat to start the Clemson game on the road. And that didn't work, but it was a plan B. There is no plan B last year. I think there is one this year because, again, if if you're going to give me Jordan Travis at 12 games and you tell me he's completely healthy, 
they're going to win seven or eight games. I, I think at minimum they're winning seven or eight games. But if they don't have him and they miss him for a week or a quarter here or there, and it's the same old, same old, you're going to have to have somebody else step up, and you can't look like a bunch of saps that have never played football in your life. Yeah, no, it, and, and if that happens, if it ends up happening that uh, you you put Tate in and and he doesn't have it and he can't he can't draw down deep and, and find the strength to 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 get the talent that he has out of him in a game situation, your season's lost, and at that point you're just going to AJ Duffy, and everything would feel like uh, it is it is unraveling, and you know. I just we have to hold our breath. That's that's the great unknown, in the sense that if Jordan can't go, um, you know what what does what does the coaching staff do? But they do have better protection for him this year, at least the starters. And on paper, there are a couple guys that can aid his endeavor here to uh, to to not have to be the whole offense. It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV on a Libations Friday. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 vibrations friday edition jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chant tv florida state baseball is underway this is recorded i can't give you a score update but I can guess at it. Let's see how close I am. I'm going to say Knowles 2. What, UCLA nothing? You like that? Whoa, 2 to nothing. Well, as long as there's no weather delay, they're in about the 4th or the 5th inning. Yeah, 2 nothing. Knowles in the 4th. Wow. I think I nailed it, guys. Okay. Channel that. I feel good about that. I feel good about that. I don't know if we'll hold on. But let's check the time. Let's check the time tomorrow when this is going down. And yeah. see how close I was. It's going to be nine to nothing UCLA in the first. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyhow. Uh, so let's follow back up on something. It was fun. That was meaty. That was a good conversation. Towards the end of it, I brought up AJ Duffy. You and Ira, and I've only had to do like one little snippet here, but you two have mainly had to do this, and, and you've carried the burden of almost all of it. So I give you credit. It's truly a summer project, right? Uh, you've had to go position group by position group by position group by yeah. position group by position group and break down the players of said group i think the latest version that we have on warchant.com is the corners that was to say me and ira we did that was a two-man so yeah. i didn't have to do the voiceover it was uh and those are fine too i mean you know they're informational and, and you get them done but uh, i enjoyed having company this time around yeah yeah a little bit easier a little bit easier it is just time consuming and it is truly uh 
No, labor of love, I'm sure. But what I would say is that uh, I, did, I have watched them, and I am interested by them, mainly because I love everybody I work with, and I like to yell when I'm listening to it. I'm like, he's wrong. That kid sucks. Or I'll go, that seems fair. That seems fair. Oh, you don't know. You didn't say enough glowing things about him, guys. Well, <laughs> I, I think I, I can honestly say, and, and you probably know this by watching 30 seconds of one video, specifically you do, these are more positive. You know, you're not oh, going to say they're all. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, look, there are dudes who surprise you. Omari and Cooper last year was on nobody's radar. And by the end of the season, he's your best corner. So you always have to allow for that because these videos don't go away. They're, it's not a conversation. You're saying, where are they and what chances do they have to crack the two deep? You've got to be very careful because, uh, you know, you don't want a moment like saying that Dylan Gibbons can't play. And the next thing you know, he's, he's the starting left guard, and your best offensive lineman. Yeah, Corey Clark front and center. Yeah. Or why did they um, sign Amari and Cooper? You know, you don't want right. moments like that. So, yeah. or or why did they bring in Trey Benson? We were all guilty. Of like, well, oh, that's an interesting take. And then by the end of spring camp, you're saying that's your starter. So you always got to leave uh, room for those types of things. Well, and I I think in fairness, um, you know, with guys you didn't know about, it's just you're kind of oh, well, we'll see. I mean, we haven't, you know, he hasn't been here or whatever it might be. Like, I I don't I don't know that I had an opinion. I thought it was an interesting take. You're right about bringing in Trey Benson, but I didn't have an opinion about him because I didn't see him. I was just like, well. Apparently, if he's healthy, he's really good. We'll see. <laughs> Turns out he was. Yeah, that's, um, that's like for me, it's uh, Byron Turner and Patrick Payton on the D-line. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, uh, here's where they are. They showed some flashes. That's all true. We saw it with our own eyes. But, you know, if you're like, are they going to crack the two deep? Are they going to be the guy? Which one of them is going to have more reps this year? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'll tell you this. I mean, I doubted, and I get a lot of things wrong. I always like to point this out. I'm very well aware, everybody. Get a lot of things right, too, and everything in between. We all do. When you're in the opinion game on a daily basis, you're going to get some things wrong. You're going to get some, some things right, and you, there's nuance there that you're not necessarily always afforded when you're doing a show. But I don't like to force things either. I'll just tell you this. I, I never saw it with Kushney. I, I didn't understand it. It still pisses me off. I, I, I'm angry about it right now. <laughs> um, I, That's a I, fact. That's true. You could hear it coming through the microphone. I couldn't believe it, man. I remember I I looked at that. I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. That's that guy doesn't look like. I mean, he doesn't have the measurables. I'm not even sure he can play even a little bit, even a little bit. And then we got out there, and I was like, no, no, guys. And anyhow, so the point is, the good news is there haven't been too many of those moments. There haven't been too many moments where I'm like, oh man, you guys have whiffed completely. He's got no shot. What are we doing? Um. So that's really, that's the compliment that we give this coaching staff and we give Norvell and this staff as a whole. There haven't been a lot of guys where we're like, what in the world are you doing? And so I do tend to give the benefit of the doubt on a lot of guys that we bring in, especially transfer portal guys or, or graduate players. I, 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 do, I do think they've, for the most part, gotten productivity at the very bare minimum. They've gotten guys that have helped produce for them. Could be on special teams, could be as a viable backup. Could be as a starter for long periods of time, and you don't see a huge, you know, precipitous drop off. If a guy goes down, that guy comes in, plays three games. They've done a good job with that, and I think this year that's going to be true for sure. Um, where we've wondered about them is their high school recruiting, and they've done a pretty good job with some guys they've swung and missed. Uh, well, I don't know how many times a week I'm going to bring it up. I think we're probably around three times a week right now. They've never hit the ball out of the yard uh, when when bringing receivers into the uh, program from high school that has been a cataclysmic failure um but that said uh 
what about quarterback? We were just talking about quarterbacks. A.J. Duffy is kind of how we ended the conversation last segment. Let's revisit that and talk about A.J. Duffy for a second. What would you make of spring? I have not asked you this. I don't think I've given anybody my opinion on A.J. Duffy post-spring. So we'll both give ours right here, right now on the Jeff Cameron Show, World Famous As It Is, on a Libations Friday. Uh, Let's do this. I liked A.J. Duffy. I liked what I saw from A.J. Duffy this spring. I also recognize that you don't want A.J. Duffy to have to play this year. So both can be true, and that's totally fair. He's a bigger kid than people gave uh, described him as. As soon as we saw him, I was like, what's the problem? Everybody said he's small. He's not small at all. He's a big, thick, strong kid. Yep. He has a big arm. Not, I mean, there are people I've seen with better arms, but it's a good arm. It's a good arm. And he had, he had some throws in him in spring where you're like, oh, that, there it is. There it is. And then he looked totally lost at times. Uh, when they got in the teamwork sometimes, he looked a little overwhelmed. Well, guess what? Dude was supposed to be in high school. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense that you would look a little overwhelmed when you first get here. As a quarterback, man, I, I, I can think about every situation. There are so seldom uh, – a it is so rare that you see a Jameis Winston. It just doesn't happen that guys walk on campus, or very rarely does it happen that a guy walks on campus – an early enrollee at quarterback walks on campus and looks like he was made to play big time power five college football forever, right? You just see him and you go, Oh, well, there it is. Doesn't usually happen, man. The speed of the game. I don't care if you come from IMG or not, you get to a place like Florida state, even as saddled with average as they've been. You're still talking about way bigger, way stronger, faster gentlemen all around you. Plays begin and end like this. Not, that's not true in the most elite contest in high school. It's not true. It's like when you go watch a high school football game, even again at South Florida, I don't care, wherever you go, it looks like they're playing in slow motion. Now, you'll see elite players. You'll see skill position guys that run 4-3-40s, and you're like, yeah, that translates. If he knows what he's doing, that translates. But the, the plays – take forever in high school. They don't in college, and they sure as hell don't in the NFL. So that's where you watch these quarterbacks come in, and they looked absolutely they, like they've seen a ghost sometimes. They're just sort of like, what in the world was that? But all of that said, A.J. Duffy had a good camp. Yeah, I think so. He, he Certainly the first impression was strong, and that's why that first day, I think it was you and Corey did the, the stand-up for Warchant TV, and then Corey wrote the article, and we talked about our observations the next radio show we did. And he was one of the bright spots that first day, like across the board at any position. His mechanics are smooth. Uh, The thing I'd say about him is that speed that he has will play. And I don't mean it's going to play like Jordan Travis. I'm saying if it's third and six and a play is strung out and he bounces and rolls out to the right, and then he goes, oh, crap, I've got to get the first down, and he's in a foot race, he might well win that foot race to get the six you need. He might take a hit to do it but it's functional speed. It's not statuesque lack of speed. So he's got a little bit of that to him. He does look like he has the body type to take the punishment of the game. The problem is, yes, the game was moving too fast for him, but he's not rotating in with the ones for reps. And I really would have liked to see, not because I think he's a starter right away, I really would like to see what A.J. Duffy looked like with a semblance of time in 11-on-11 drills. Because when you're behind the third string offensive line Mm -hmm. at Florida State going against, I get it, it's third string defenders, 
but you have defensive interior players like Florida State does, and they've got three strings worth of defensive interior players. You really don't have and, and third string receivers here at Florida State. My God, like you're not really working with anything. So the hard part is as you're assessing eleven on eleven stuff. I don't, I don't know that I can learn anything, and I wonder sometimes how much can he possibly learn. Like, are they just telling him to go through the reps because they want his eyes to be in the right place and that's what they're going through on film? Because if you're assessing it like a fair fight in a football game, that's not a fair fight. I, I wish I, I got to see him a little bit more with more important reps just to assess how he might look when he has a chance to succeed on a given play. I don't think that he had a whole lot of chances to do so. And certainly in the spring game, he, he hardly got a chance. That's another strike, too. You know, if you've got a hotshot freshman, put him in a position to make a few plays, get the fans feeling pretty good about the future of the program, and then ask for them to stroke a check. I don't. He didn't have any chance last year in the spring game to do much of anything. You're hitting on something that speaks to a larger issue and that they're betwixt and between. They're stuck trying to win right now and also prepare to try to win two and three years from now the way a normal program runs. You know, the way a normal program runs when you're not up against it is that you bring guys in and it's understood that they're going to be on the bench for a good year or two before they play. If you've got a healthy depth chart and the competition is, is bold, then you know that guys have time to get up to speed and you can kind of play around with it. But when you need your starters, the guys that you're going to rely on to win games now, it's paramount that they win games now you're going to give them all the opportunities and the most amount of reps with the other starters over and over and over again, because time is of the essence and you don't, you can't think about two and three years down the road. If you're not sure, frankly, whether or not you're going to see it through. Now I'm not saying again, for those that maybe are new to, to, to us talking about this program, I'm not saying that Mike Norvell has a bad year. He's fired. I'm saying that Mike Norvell has a bad year. He's a dead man walking. So he knows he's got to win now. The staff knows they got to win now. And they're going to do everything they can, the way they structure practice, to get the guys they're going to rely on to win now on the field, repping together. And so it's like, how do I work this in? How do I work this guy who I really like? And I think he's going to be a good player, but I know he can't play for me this year. And if he does have to play for me this year, we're screwed. So how do, how do I get him the right reps at the right time with these starters when I need all those reps to go to this guy who I am counting on me to win, to, to, counting on uh, for me to win this year? It's just they're, they're kind of stuck a lot of times. I think they're stuck sometimes with the way that they recruit. Like how many transfer portal guys do you have to rely on year in and year out? Well, if you're five and seven and you better have a winning season and you know that that guy in the portal may not be a great player. He may not be a transcendent player, but is he a better right guard than the guard you're going to be forced to start right now? Then I got to take him. And now I'm using numbers because I had to take a guy that I didn't necessarily love, but I don't know that the guy that I brought in who I know is more talented and will be more talented for us three years from now, I can't play him. So I've got to now bring this guy in and start him and they're just they, there's a lot of that trying to figure out that balance going on right now. Yeah, and that's the hard thing too, just to get into recruiting philosophy. It pisses off the high schools when you dip into the transfer portal and take committable offers away from kids. From kid, you know, that pisses off the state or the region. And you've got to balance that. It's it's like the reverse in college baseball. I know uh, as the game's going on right now, Mike Martin Jr. has talked about it because of the trickle down effect of how professional ranks do the draft and things like that. 
you might have to you know dip into the pocket of a junior college that's right or community college that's right down the corner and that's a friend of yours because you know people talk and it's the industry but now you're going to piss off a friend because hey man I'm losing three or four players and I I'm not going to get fired I'm sorry that this puts you in a bind but I'm going to get the best guy from Santa Fe College or TCC or wherever in in the pro or, or sorry in in uh, it is pro now I guess I suppose but in the college football ranks it's how many kids can I take without severing this relationship that I have with a coach from Valdosta or, or a coach down in uh, you know Lake City or wherever? Point to the place on the map. You've got to do that balancing act. And I think at, at this point in the program's health, which is improving, but uh, I think we're still in the ICU a little bit here, you've got to assess it and say, I don't care what my relationship is with a high school coach. I won't have one in two years if I don't dip into the portal and look like I know what I'm doing. Because these kids are putting me in a position where I don't know, where I don't look like I know what I'm doing. So I think that's where they are right now. But the hard part is, and, and I guess to specifically the case for AJ Duffy, I guess they see enough out of Tate that they believe that he is without a doubt oh, yeah. their, their second best option, or else yeah. they would be rotating Duffy in with the twos. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And to bring it on home, you're right. It's a better way to do it. And we should here to round out the segment. Yeah. As it pertains specifically to AJ Duffy, Tom, you and I both agree on this. I know we do. So I don't mind bringing it up and speaking for you here. Tate Rodemaker looked a lot better than AJ Duffy in camp. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. Not, not even a little bit. <laughs> Tate Rodemaker was a lot better in camp than AJ Duffy was. So for people wondering where we're getting at, AJ Duffy's not ready. Now, maybe by the end of the year, he will be. Uh, maybe he'll, he'll take a huge leap forward. Um, as, as the year goes on and, and, and obviously he gets better and better acclimated to, to what the, the you know, what we're doing on offense. Yeah. What I'd say is that that's also something to watch for in camp. I'm not saying that I expect to see AJ Duffy take reps with the twos, but I'll check in on it and make sure that yeah. that is the same as spring where that's not even in the equation, but there is a chance that a player run practices and, and a summer working with coach Tokars, right? He, he gives him a list of things to know AJ Duffy. That is to look over, you know, look over on film. You might see mercurial growth. I mean, it, like that—that that could happen. Sure, uh, but you know that's something we'll certainly keep an eye on in fall camp. I would assume, based on what we've seen, and like you, because we've seen that Tate Rodemaker was far better throw for throw, even far in better. individual work, where it doesn't matter what your surrounding cast is. I assume that it's going to be ones for Jordan, twos for Tate, and that's the end of it. Yeah, I hope we don't see Tate Rodemaker take a single snap this year unless Florida State's up by thirty, and I hope we don't see AJ Duffy at all. Uh, I guess, unless they're up by 30 and you've got that four-game rule where he can play as much as he wants. Uh, I don't picture Florida State in a ton of games in which they're up by 30 and they have the luxury of going to a third-string quarterback. But if they do, that would be nice. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Here's the part of the show where we take an extreme right turn. And I, uh, and I thank my producer, Tom Wang, for bringing something up. And then I give you the opportunity to peek into uh, my kitchen for a moment. Tom, I know lately I've been doing a lot of cooking, and I seem to regale you and Matthew with my uh, latest exploits. Uh, 
trying to do the right thing. You know, I'm getting in summer shape. Orange Theory Fitness is helping me out greatly. Guess what I used last week? No, 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 no. You're, you're going to think that I'm telling you about the salmon again that I baked the other day, which was fantastic. And, and I'm still raving. I've gotten rave reviews from my family about the salmon that I've figured out and, and perfected. No, no, something different. Do you recall what you mentioned a week ago? What I mentioned a week ago. Oh. In regards to cooking? It was a trick that Jamie did, right? Because you were looking to cook for somebody, or was that? Well, that there was no. That was the. You're right. You did. You did, and it was kind of an unfair question of me because it was part of a larger discussion where we mentioned many things about cooking. No, you specifically mentioned something that I hadn't thought about in years, and I went out to my garage, which has too much junk in it, and I'm going to oh, use the foreman. You broke out the foreman. Now, get this. <laughs> I forgot that when I was a broke bachelor and I was making $30,000 a year in radio and I lived in an apartment and I was scraping by. Wait, everybody who's driving around in town right now says, you can make $30,000 in radio? Give me oh, that yeah. job. Give me that one. <laughs> well, that's what I was making uh, for, for too long. Uh, but anyhow, there I was making thirty grand, and I lived in an apartment. I didn't have a lot because it's hard to have a lot when you're making thirty grand, even 20 years ago. So uh, I'll tell you this, I, uh, I jumped all over the George Foreman grill. Moreover, my family, who knew I was poor, uh, me and my mom and my dad and my grandma and all of them, they're like, oh, Jeffrey's poor as hell. He's chasing a dream, but he's broke ass like most dream chasers. So they would, every Christmas, be like, well, let's, what, can, what can we do to help him out? How about a Foreman grill? How about these things that are very pragmatic, very practical that help you get by, right? Yeah, don't give him cash. He's just going to go run to the bar. <laughs> That's Yeah. Well, okay. No, we don't have to do that. No, no, but, no. no. Uh, My parents got me gift cards to restaurants for that. I'm I'm positive. I, I, <laughs> you're not the only one. I'm like, oh, hit me with another macaroni grill, are you? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I see what's going on. I'm going to take all 100 of this macaroni grill and sit at the bar at macaroni <laughs> grill. <laughs> I'm going to have the half-price wine on Fridays with some spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to drink thinking about how broke I am and how tough it is to eat. So here, here's here, here. <laughs> oh, Ray Liotta, we miss you. But so, yeah, um, what ended up happening was that uh, I so you mentioned it and it's it was like an earworm. I couldn't stop thinking about the the Foreman grill. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so I'm driving down the road on my way home. I'd gone grocery shopping. And I thought when I get done putting these groceries away, by the way, I'm very good at putting groceries away. I'm very efficient. I use the uh, Tetrisian method that Tom right. espouses. Um, and I am, I'm fantastic at it. So I don't like, like, you know how your dad would mow the lawn and he didn't want you to mow the lawn, like in some cases, because it was his yep. thing, at least the way it was in my house. So I'm that way with uh, putting away groceries. You, you don't get to put, I, I'll put, I shopped for the groceries. I'm going to put away the groceries. I'm going to put them the way, the way that I want them. And the order of importance, because you need to have easy accessibility. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Some things you know you're going to use within 24 hours of purchasing. Others, you know, oh, that's a Wednesday purchase. I bought this on a Sunday. That's a Wednesday thing. I'm putting you more towards the back or at least the second row. So anyhow, you have a whole system in place. Just like I have a system in place as to when I take things out of my cart at the grocery store and I put them uh, there on the, on the, on the uh, 
what's the, the belt. And as I put them on there, I'm always like, okay, well, I see the colds go with the colds, the hot go with the hot, the breads go with the breads. Everybody knows this. This is how it works. That's where you like having the cardboard boxes of some kind because they're the dividers. You know, if you've got no. the soaps and then, you know, the produce. So if you have the Costco it, run you're talking about with the cardboard box, you can say, hey, can I get a box for the cold items? Yeah. You know, that's, that's the way. I'm saying like even if you had like a cereal box, like the cereal box is a great yes. divider to transition from the produce to the soaps because you never want Good. the smell to travel. Good call. Yeah, I use cereal boxes exactly that way. You're, you're right on. Now, I get home. And, and I'm doing all this, and I put everything away just the way I like it. And I'm like, all right, that's good. Let's go out to the garage. I wonder if I still have my Foreman grill. I haven't cooked anything on the Foreman in years. And it occurs to me, because you brought it up, that it worked perfectly well. There was no reason to shelve the George Foreman grill. There was no reason. And you could cook anything on there. You could melt chocolate stuff on cookies. You could do anything you want. So I was kind of like, all right, here we go. I'm going to go check. And I went out to the garage, and Tom... Not only did I find the original Foreman grill, which, as you recall, was itty bitty, mm -hmm. I didn't realize I got that big bitch. I got that gigantic Foreman grill that you could eat like nine burgers on there. Nine. You you can do it. And I went, there he is. Haven't seen him in years. Pulled him out. Dusted him off. He hasn't been used in over 15 yep. years. Brought him in. I guess I should say her. Washed her up. Got it all set. Plugged it in, just waiting to see that little yellow light that's on the top. Yep. You know and that then, little yellow light? And then you hear the click. That's a good sound. Boop, yeah. Boop, yeah. I was like, here we go. And I plugged it in, and it worked. And it got hot really quickly. I forgot how quickly it gets hot. I was like, ooh, it gets hot quick. And I did. And so anyhow, I must have made – I've made sausages on there. I've made burgers on there for the kids. I've made big pieces of fish on there. I've made desserts on there. I'm using this thing like it's my job. I've got the foreman. My wife's furious. She's like, we've got this clunky-ass foreman thing just sitting here. I go, I clean it up. I clean it up every time I use it. It doesn't just sit there filthy like I did in college. That's one of the other things, too, that's very satisfying is the cleaning of the foreman. If you clean, oh, it's easy. If you clean it right away. Take a wet paper towel, right, and just wipe down. Because it was what – I know it's really hot work, literally hot work. But if you go uh, to the Japanese steakhouse and you get the hibachi yeah. for you, like at the end when they dump the water on there and they scrape it, I don't, know, I don't know why. That just looks like a very satisfying job. You're breathing in the steam. It's probably bad for you. Yeah. It's like I want to do that. And with the foreman, you get a little slice of it. By the way, unless people forget this too – they give you those little plastic pronged yep. things that allow you to go through the grooves. Yep. It goes through the grooves and you get all that grease out of there. People forget it. And you got the grease collector. So you're just like, come on, get you some, get yep. you some. And it is very satisfying. And then it doesn't get everything. Can't get everything, but it gets all the nasty stuff off. And you're right. All it takes, a little wet washcloth, shooby-doo. You are done just like that. Yeah, and you got to do it while it's hot. I I taught my friend a cheat code there when yeah, I was. You got to do it while it's hot. You can't let that sit. Oh, excuse me. You, you oh, can't you let that. Sit. Sit. Yeah, it was unintentional. Yeah, you, you can't. <laughs> can't let that sit and get cool. That's what can't I. That sit. Yeah, that's correct. Can't yeah. let it sit. Yeah, but if you get it, <laughs> it comes off very easily, very very easily. So that's all. That's what this segment was. I wanted to thank you. I'm I've fallen in love. With my, uh, let's see, 34, 33, 32-year-old self. Yeah, again, I'm like, I can picture me back there. All right, this is satisfying. And I like this. That's where you make the bacon for the boys because it's the cleanest way to make the bacon. 
It's a beautiful thing. All right, hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with us. Jeff Cameron Show, Libations Friday. Do you guys feel like using a, a former grill right now, don't you? I know you do. You can. You got all summer. They still make them, guys. I see them all over the place. We'll be back in a moment.